Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And even though it's the last day, May is Better Speech and Hearing Month and Magnolia Speech School in uh, in Central Mississippi are doing some incredible things and up to some good things for kids and families affected by speech and hearing disorders. And joining us today to tell us a little bit more about both, Miss Valerie Lynn. Hey, Valerie. Hi, Rebecca. Should say welcome back, right? Yes, yes. Because it's been okay. So the last time you were here with us on Good Things, you guys at Magnolia were gearing up for was it the groundbreaking yes. or big uh, capital campaign for our new building? And we now have the building. We have the building. And you just completed what the first first year first year. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like now being over that hump? Oh my goodness, it's just amazing that the difference in the two facilities is. Um, I mean, you just can't even compare. Uh, there are so many unique um, parts of the school that help children learn better. Um, it's a more efficient space. Uh, it's. And it's just beautiful. It's it was time. How long were y'all in your original building? Um, we were there since 1974. So it's just for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Half the listeners probably weren't even born. Nope, not me or Rana. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was time for maybe an upgrade. Yeah, because I would assume with the speech and hearing comes technologies that are maybe different mm-hmm. with than other learning disabilities. And I don't know if you even consider speech and hearing as a learning disability or how you quantify that. But I know more students than we may realize are affected by it or their learning is affected by it. Yes. So what are some of the, I guess, statistics or numbers about here in Mississippi or just in general about speech and hearing? Yes. Well, um, in general, you know, we serve both children with hearing loss and communicative disorders. Um, so one of the most unique statistics um, is that over 90 percent of babies who are born deaf are born to hearing parents. So that tells us that they're coming into the world and parents may not know anything about how to help their child. So um, we have um, our early intervention program goes in directly into homes with families and helps their children learn how to listen. And then uh, we have a um, early age uh, classroom and kindergarten, first grade classroom for children with hearing loss. Um, all of our classrooms, we're talking about, you know, technologies. Um, there have been improvements in con- in uh, construction as it relates to materials and, and all of that. So 
all the classrooms have an acoustic caulking around the top and the bottom uh, of the uh, ceiling and floor. And so when you shut the door, it's like every room is its own little envelope. And so that's important for children not just who have hearing loss, but for children with language disorders and those who attention deficit, as you were mentioned, you know, all sorts of language learning problems. So it helps them attend better when they're not hearing all this you know, outside noise. Yeah. Um, it, the lights even are LED lights, so no more of that fluorescent popping and buzzing that will make a, a child with ADHD just, you know, turn their head and their, you know, their attention is on something else. So um, that is uh, throughout the throughout the school. Um, and just uh, we have uh, in our therapy rooms, we have soundproof uh, acoustic paneling and also have acoustic paneling uh, in different places throughout the building all these things um, you know uh, specifically the acoustic paneling in a therapy room helps a child listen directly and hear purely what the therapist their sound that they may be trying mm-hmm. to teach um, and uh, so I feel like I need these panels in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Just sort of be able to tune our attention to what mom is saying. I joke, but, but it's these little tweaks and you think, Hey, that doesn't pay, you know, that doesn't add up to much, but it really does. It can change the game for a, a child who's trying to already, you know, focus and learn, but then they have these other sort of roadblocks or uphills. So, when you, I get when we actually had to have our youngest um, hearing tested uh, shortly after she was born. Everything came okay, so I feel like we do a good job of screening for, I guess, just being deaf or like some hearing loss. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's got to be a lot that go through the gap that sort of miss it or, or are missed until later on. When are parents sort of figuring out that maybe there may be uh, a hearing loss associated with them having a hard time in school? If they're not caught at that early sort of time. Right. Um, well, and this can happen, you know, because a, a child can have fluid in their ear or there can be other things that just interrupt their their pure hearing at any time. Um, and, and just to kind of ease parents' minds, in early, in kindergarten and first grade in a public school and in a non-public school, um, there's typically a hearing screening. And so, yes, so, um, and, and that's done on all first graders. Um, uh, and in, in, in non-public schools too, they usually start a little bit younger than that, even four and five. Um, so those, just the basic thing, uh, and the report comes home whether they're, they're hearing or not. But, um, a lot of times uh, that fine, difficulty that they with with hearing um, and discriminating sound um, you see that when a child has difficulty reading or when they're learning to read even they may not hear the the fine discriminations in the sounds and so um, that affects how they understand the the phonemic awareness i know uh dyslexia awareness has really risen over the Mm -hmm. last couple years or maybe it has in my world because Mm -hmm. my kids are are in friends are moving through that third fourth fifth sort of grade where it's Mm -hmm. heightened more but when they when they test for dyslexia valerie do they also test here is or you know hearing to see if if there's one in the same or one's causing one or what chicken came the chicken or the egg came first or yeah a hearing screening and and, um an auditory assessment should be a part of every single 
language or speech evaluation that you're doing um, because you got to rule out those main sensory things first. You also, with dyslexia, you want to look at vision, do a vision screening, do a distance and a closed vision screening to make sure that your vision acuity is good. Um, But, yes, absolutely, you should have um, an audiological assessment or a screening. And if they fail that screening, you do not need to go forward with the assessment. So if the child is coming into you, maybe they've got fluid in their ears and they fail the screening, don't do the test. Just wait until their ears are clear so you can get a better... Would that be like just through you just have like a ear infection or your doctor would give you antibiotics and clear it up? Or is that just like where you would go and get tubes? Talking about with fluid in your ears. Yes. Well, usually with tubes, and this is a little bit more of a medical uh, medical question, so I want to be sure that I'm not saying the wrong thing. But usually um, a doctor is going to recommend tubes after you have two or three continuous uh, or chronological, uh, chronological, um, and chronic ear infections with fluid in the ear. That's when they'll probably recommend tubes for the for the children. Um, and uh, five, one. Here's another statistic: five of six children under three are going to have e- middle ear infections. So it's very common, and you just got to keep a you got to keep a watch on it. Um, and the other thing I'll say about all that too is uh, is parents, you just trust your gut. You know, yeah. if if you think something's not right, you keep following that that instinct because typically mothers are are really and, and fathers are really right about that sort of thing. Especially, I would think if you had a kid who you felt like was not listening to you, but then you know they weren't doing it out of ill intent, you start to sort of question. Hey, can't like instead of just getting angry, like can you hear me or <laughs> did you like did you really hear me or right. or sort of picking up on those different um, cues? I guess would your first stop. Valerie, be your pediatrician who would then yes. make a recommendation. Yes, and they can look in there. You know, they can look in their ears and they can see if there's some fluid in there. And so they can, that's how they make those, you know, um, uh, that diagnosis. And they send send you with a prescription for your little baby to get better, your child to get better. I feel like, and it's one of those now that I'm, I'm thinking back out of all of our well baby visits or checkups, I guess when the, the pediatrician's just simply calling their name to see if they answer, mm-hmm. they're getting screened and you may not even, or not call it, but you necessarily know it or so just sort of pick up on it. Yeah, it, a lot of it is observational, you yeah. know, um, and, and this whole thing reminds me of our, our founder, Miss Libba Matthews, when she discovered, she discovered really that her that her baby was deaf and he was 11 months old sitting in the crib and she went in to speak to him and he didn't turn his head and she kept then she you know got behind him and clapped and he didn't and she banged on a pot and he didn't (laughs) and that she got after she knew she um, knew and then she helped find uh found the magnolia speech school which we're going to learn more about coming up next here on good things Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
You can watch good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can also watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even on YouTube. You can catch us on C Spire TV. If you got that, we're on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. And we're continuing our conversation with Valerie Lynn, with it being the last day of May. And May is Better Speech and Hearing Month. She's with the Magnolia Speech School, and they really are up to some good things. So with that school, Valerie, what's y'all's grades, age, sort of how does that work within the school? And are y'all one of the only, or if not the only, in Mississippi? that does for hearing specialty? Yes. Well, lots of questions in one. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me start with um, our children, the, um, all the students that come to the school. So right now we have 70 children there, and we serve ages 1 to 12. And uh, as we were talking about the hearing loss and uh, babies and uh, who are deaf and hard of hearing, uh, those are identified more readily, usually shortly after birth, mm-hmm. as you were talking about with your daughter. Um, and uh, so we can identify them so we can begin to serve them more quickly. Um, and so subsequently, then they, they usually leave us earlier, too. They usually leave us going into first grade, and typically they're even ahead of their hearing peers when they get there. And then so a lot of times with language problems, um, particularly dyslexia, auditory processing issues, you don't, you may not see that until first grade when your smart child is having trouble reading or they're not following directions and you're like, I know they know, I know they understand that. Um, and so that's where those, those, they come in for testing. They're just kind of like putting their hands up in the air saying, I'm not sure why this is going on. Well, we test them and, um, uh, it's very, what we, the children we serve, it's very specific to these particular language disorders because what we want to do is close that gap so they can get back into their regular, um, I don't classes. know if I've ever heard dyslexia referred to as a language disorder. Um, well, it, which I get. Yes, I mean, yes. Um, and I think because uh, dyslexia itself is, um, well, in that word, dyslexia is the word language. You know, language is in there. Um, uh, children can, uh, what we think about dyslexia, about them just, you know, transposing letters, mm-hmm. it's much more than that. And they're different. There's dyscalculia where they have trouble with math. They, um, you know, have both problems and they transpose that sort of thing. Um, so, um, yes, I mean, it, 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 plus it can affect their reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that um, affects their conversation and their understanding and all of that, too. Mm-hmm. Do parents have to have a referral to come to the Magnolia School? No, they do not. They don't. Um, and we can just assess. We can just test children. Uh, that, that doesn't mean we'd be testing them for admission, but often we do. We do test for admission, but a lot of times we just test because they're saying, what's going on? I know there's something quirky here. What is it? So would it be if they, because I know with you being in central Mississippi, but you guys help um, students all across the state mm-hmm. uh, that that sort of meet the requirements. Is it like a traditional school? I mean, do they come like sort of normal normal school, like uh, I guess we're used to in the public system or the private system, or is it more of like intense tutoring? Well, you know, or it's both. funny you would say it like that because it's really a, a bit of both. So our children are there for a full day. Carpool starts at eight and pickups at two fifty. So they are there all day long. Um, but the, our classrooms are very small, no more than eight children in a class. 
classroom, and the younger the children are, the fewer the children that are in that classroom. Um, uh, so, uh, and, and getting back to your question about grades, we're ungraded. Uh, the children are grouped according to their chronological age and their language levels. Um, so in a classroom, you're going to have, you know, six to eight darling children, but their language levels may be two years apart. And, and children with language disorders also are, have what we call gappy skills. So they may be above average on a particular language skill and then below on another. Um, and so the, all over the place, you know, the, the, the children are all over the place, but the teachers are, are really excellent and they know how to manage all of that and really address each child's individual needs. Ms. Valerie, how'd you find your way to the Magnolia Speech School? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, um, uh, I'm, uh, was a speech pathologist for 27 years and worked with pediatrics. I particularly loved working with children who had very severe articulation. So like, you know, a little five or six year old that you couldn't really understand. Those were my favorite. It was just like untangling uh, a bunch of necklaces from a jewelry box. You know, you just straighten it out and the, and you help those, that child get those rules of speech in order so that they, you know, have articulate and very beautiful speech but um and then children with language disorder so that was that was my favorite but um i left the field for just a little bit and i was executive director of jdrf which is an excellent um national nonprofit for diabetes um and there um i I learned a lot about um being you know an executive director Mm -hmm. of a nonprofit um and i was approached by the um long time executive director there her name is ann sullivan it really is ann sullivan uh she then married and now she's ann brawley but um she reached out and asked me to um would i be interested in and it the timing just wasn't quite right but then about a year and a half later um the timing um did seem right and it it just it was a big job um and i had to think about it a lot but i got a little um Direction from the good Lord. (laughs) I was feeling like, no, I just don't think that's my job. No, I don't think so. And God kept saying, yes, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) And it's a good fit. And you've definitely, through your leadership, and then I know countless others who have helped and volunteered and supported, gotten it to where it's um, at now in its new location. For the parents listening, though, that feel like that that their child's learning abilities, whether with specifically if it's speech or sort of hearing um, combined, they feel like it's that necklace that's jumbled up, Mm -hmm. right? that was a great analogy yeah. is there hope like that they can yes. be they that learning can be learned learned how to learn yes right. yes 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 um we use uh, the association method with our children and it's a very specific method to teaching language it's repetitive it's sensory um it's hierarchical um and so the children have success with it and you build on that and it, that's kind of like straightening out those rules that are jumbled in their head by using the association method. Um, and it's also very, um, as you were talking about a minute ago, is it's like a therapeutic classroom, you know. Yeah. Um, I loved um, when you said that because it's, it's like that combination. Um, but we use the association method to teach all these other things as well, social studies, math, science. They get those also so that when they leave us, again, they are prepared to go into a classroom and, you know, be be as caught up as they can. Uh, the other thing I'd say about that is every child has a different level of potential. Um, we have had children who 
left the school and went on to uh, Honors College at Ole Miss and other places. But this one particular graduate, she was deaf and went to, um, she was in the Honors College and graduated in journalism. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Um, and so uh, that level, uh, our graduates go on to specific high professions. And then some of our children, they just learn to read. And that opens up their world, though. Otherwise, they might not, you know, had they not come to us, they might not have ever learned to read. They might have dropped out of school and, you know, you know the problems that come from that. So we look at each child and see their potential and work with their parents. This is a very important part of it, that their parents are and, and we are all working together uh, to help them reach their potential. How can folks get in touch with the Magnolia School? Well, we're um, on Speech the web. School. Yeah. On the website, magnoliaspeechschool.org. Um, the telephone number is 601-914-9200. Um, you can uh, come by the school. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're accessible, you know. Jeff in Oxford said his stepdaughter is currently going to Ole Miss to be a speech therapist. What a, It feels like what a cool career choice that has a lot of opportunity to really make an impact yes. with their patients' lives. When you wouldn't necessarily think about it when you think of physical therapy or occupational yeah. therapy you forget speech therapists have have great potential to to be you know lasting life-changing i love uh, when young ladies call the school and say i'm thinking of majoring in speech path or can i come observe um i've always said as 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 a woman and this not against any men of course at all but it's a beautiful field for for women if you want to have a family or if you don't i mean you can you can do research you can work in the public schools if you want to go really medical you can go to a rehab facility and do things as we were talking about with swallowing and all of that um helping uh people with head injury you know TBI. There's so many important things that uh, that speech pathologists do. Well, I think sometimes it just gets left out of the conversation on things in yes. terms of of healthcare careers. Well, very important. Valerie Years is taking you all around, so I yeah. think it's pretty cool. Thank you. I look forward to having you back uh, to hear what else is going on at Magno- Magnolia Speech School. But um, I guess Happy May, the end of May. Yes, <laughs> yes. And thank you for having us on because. And, you know, speech and hearing is very important. It is, it is very important. But you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from STMM Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. 
There are so many good things happening on main streets and downtowns across the Magnolia State. Today, we're highlighting what's happening downtown this weekend. It is brought to you by Mississippi Main Street Association. Don't forget, you can always go to msmainstreet.com slash calendar to get more information on upcoming events. And this week, we're highlighting one in Hernando. We got Sunset on the Square. We got Sibony joining us to tell us a little bit more. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Looking forward to all the wonderful events that are coming up this weekend. And it sounds like you guys have a really cool something or another happening in Hernando. We do. We do. It's our annual Sunset on the Square. Um, and it's uh, presented or sponsored by First Horizon Bank. And it is just an awesome, awesome event. So what will be happening? I guess it was it this coming up Saturday or Sunday? No, it is actually Thursday. It's actually night. Thursday. So don't come Saturday or Sunday. You'll miss yeah. it. Okay. So it's happening Thursday. And okay, what time does it start? Give us all the details. It starts from 7 p.m. and ends at 9 p.m. And what, uh, we have live music on our historic Hernando courthouse lawn and people bring their coolers and their chairs and sit out and just listen to um, the band. And this week we have the Amber McCain band for us um, and we have food trucks. So it is just an awesome, awesome family community event. So is this something that will take place every Thursday in June, Sibony? Yes, every Thursday in June, and we have a different band each Thursday, so um, that makes it more that makes it exciting, also. So, yeah. Will there be food trucks, or can you kind of bring your own food, or how does that work? It, uh, there's some people that come and bring um, their little their tables and have their own snacks and own food, but we also, yes, we do have um, food trucks. We have Stamars, Chick Fil A. PJ's wraps and fudge, and we have a um, EMJ's Italian ice. And this also gives you time too, I'd assume, where it's at. You might can get out, stretch your legs, and walk and do a little summer shopping, or maybe eating at a local restaurant around. Where is the main street, or all the good shops and local sort of places to um, to hang out around the square? If you're not familiar with Her- Hernando, well, we have a of great, great um, boutique stores. Um, yes, we do have some that are located um, on the square. And then we have um, two restaurants that are located on the square also. So you can put down your chair and your towel um, or blanket and run and grab something to eat or run and look at our boutique stores and come back just in time for the music. And then looking on into the summer, I know that this is going to be happening every Thursday, but I'm pretty sure your Main Street's got a lot of events or fun things going on, Sibony. If we want to make our trip to Hernando, maybe we're coming through. What else is on the horizon? We have our Water Tower Festival um, coming up. That is in September, on September the 23rd. And then, of course, um, we kick off our Christmas in November. I can't believe we even can think about Christmas, but um, we we have our Dickens of a Christmas and Christmas open house in November. Man, it'll be here before you know it, Simony. It is Uh, definitely, uh, we're already tomorrow. We're going to be halfway through uh, this calendar year, or at least within the month of it. And so it just seems like it's going by so fast. And it feels like these Thursdays will fly by, too, so we don't want people to miss out on getting out and enjoying the music. Is there a place where you keep um, a list of the artists that will be out there if people want to make their plans? Yes, it is on the um, Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce website, which is 
www.hernandoms.org and each Thursday we have them listed there and which and the name of the band that is playing that Thursday. Are they local or they come around or how do you how do you get your artist? Some of them are um, like our one this coming Thursday is from Atoka, Tennessee. So not far, um, but yes, and then some of them are local here in Hernando. Well, either way, it's good to get out and hear some good music on a lawn, as you mentioned, and see the good sunset. And just take it, take advantage of the fact that summer should slow you down. You should do something different. It's okay to be out a little later on a Thursday night. You can still get in bed plenty of time for the workday at 9 p.m. And, you know, break up your routine just a little bit. Yes, ma'am. We would love to have everyone come out. It is such an awesome, great time. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Sibony. I bet we'll get you back in September to talk about that Water Tower Festival. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All righty. And from there, too, you can go all the way down to Biloxi. I remember whenever we had them on talking about their first Friday block party is back. And lo lo and behold, you know what this Friday is? It is the first Friday in uh, June, and it is going to be back. So Biloxi's Main Street's first Friday block party will continue. Remember, it's got that new location with the network band coming to um, share some tunes this upcoming weekend. And, yeah, so it's June. June 2nd, they've got a great location entertainment with the Groove community, formerly known as the Funke Getaways. It starts at 5 p.m. and then the network is at 7 p.m. If you want more information about that for the first Friday downtown Biloxi, you can go to the Facebook page or you can go to MainStreetBiloxi.com and then just a hop, skip, and a jump over in Ocean Springs. You've got the annual Red, White, and Blueberry Love It Festival, which now you know blueberry is our official state uh, fruit. So I bet they're going to have fun with that. It's a community family fun event. It's held in conjunction with the Ocean Springs Fresh Market. They're going to have vendors, blueberry recipes, free vanilla ice cream topped with blueberries, strawberries. Ooh, what would you use for the white? White chocolate, marshmallows. Would the vanilla itself be considered? I was about to say the vanilla feels no, like it would No, I need that. something sprinkles, white cool sprinkles. Whip. Cool whip. We would get there. <laughs> Give us enough time and we will we will get our uh, patriotic on, on our ice cream. And they've also got cooking sessions um, and more with that. But don't forget, if you are looking for something to do in your area this weekend, maybe you're not in those two places. I know Columbus has events as well as... Nettleton and others. Just go to msmainstreet.com slash calendar. You can get plenty of information of your upcoming events or just catch us here every Wednesday. We will highlight those uh, go, those good things um, as well. I got a feeling next week we might be hearing about something from my hometown. I was just listening to say over at supertalk.fm, they're already um, highlighting the 25th annual Tupelo Elvis Festival to kick off next week on a scale of 1 to 10. How big how big of a deal is this in Tupelo, Rhino? Uh, maybe not a full-blown 10, but it's definitely a solid 8 or 9. It's the Elvis Fest, if you if you know your Tupelo history, has been been going on for a quarter of a century, but it replaced a big festival called Oliput, which is just Tupelo spelled backwards. But it it kind of went the way of the dodo and then there were a couple years without a big festival in town besides the gum tree. And people got a little bit of an itch for something new and different. Up comes the Elvis Festival, and it's been doing gangbusters ever since. 
which obviously would lend to just everything to below and capitalizing on the fact that you got so many Elvis fans coming in and you got everything going from a jubilee and a gala. I see becoming um, you've also got tribute artist competitions. You've got all types of things. If you want to uh, learn more about that festival, it kicks off next Wednesday, June 7th, and it runs all the way through Sunday, June 11th. You can go to supertalk.fm and you can um, find that there. I feel like this anything from art to, to a 5K run where you're running with the king to I think this year they've even got the, the disc golf tournament. Do you have to dress like Elvis? I don't think you get bonus points, but it's probably encouraged. I just feel like that would be that's part of the fun is being either the cape or having the sideburns. Yeah, you need the sideburns and the crazy sunglasses. But those are the easy things that you can pick up and kind of put on in terms of in terms of costume. Growing up being in Tupelo, were you ever Elvis for Halloween? Actually, no, I was never Elvis for Halloween. We could always change that. (laughs) (laughs) There is still time, Rhino, to get that get that in. I feel like that's one of those. I have the confidence nowadays. I would totally wear the the rhinestone polyester outfit and rock it. We could wear. (laughs) You know what comes up next month is the um, Palmer Home Radiothon. Don't know the exact date, but that's coming up in July. And I feel like you and Hey Dad should have an Elvis Presley impersonator contest to see. I bet we could get Hey Dad to get into some rhinestones and uh, sideburns and the hair for a good for a good cause. You would be the longest haired Elvis impersonator, I would assume. I don't Maybe. know if we have enough time between now and the Palmer Home Radiothon to get everything together, but if we wanted to do it for the next go-around, we could see if there's maybe a hairstylist or somebody out there that would like to donate their time, and they could come give us the the full quaff. Because I already have the beard. We can just shave it down to the sideburns, and I'll have some pretty meaty sideburns. and then. Oh, but he is clean-shaven, isn't he? He yeah, he'd, had, he'd have to grow a little bit uh, to get the Elvis Burns look, I believe. But yeah, no. But Elvis is clean shaven, so you would still have to shave. Yeah, I'd still have to shave. The, yeah, you would be the hairiest Elvis that ever. <laughs> <laughs> but all for a good cause. But again, you can go to supertalk.fm to learn more about that, or go to msmainstreet.com/slash/calendar uh, for more events around your area. But stick with us; we got more for you up next. Don't worry, be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget, you can also catch us in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And our Super Talk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So stay up to date. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And, you know, sometimes I keep up to date with the strangest Guinness World Records I can find. And this one, a pair 
shares the same who share the same interest now co-hold a Guinness World Record, which I feel like one will break it before the other one. They each got 34 tattoos of Marvel comic characters. And now as I am saying it, are there only 34 Marvel characters? So does that mean no. you have one of every every one? But Canadian comic book fan Rick originally earned the record for most Marvel comic book character tattooed in 2018 with 31. And then U.S. man Ryan recently applied to take the record with 34 tattoos. And the guy said, hold my beer. And he went back and he got he got three more tattoos. And so now we're just probably going to keep going until we run out of, I guess, Flesh to put Marvel uh, Marvel characters. But I want to say there's more than thirty different Spider-Man that you could do. Yeah. So they both obviously. I mean, they're not lukewarm Marvel fans. They would be considered. It's pretty diehard. Diehard uh, fans, and um, one had said he had dreamed of having a Marvel sleeve for years, and then it went to a leg sleeve, and it's just sort of grown. Um, from there, I don't know. I mean, at least they're colorful. Like, it gives you something colorful to obtain. Do you go for, like, a scene, like, at the end game? Like, do you go for a certain... I feel like that'd be easier to fit that many characters into one, because there are, I won't say countless, because that's too big, but there's at least... A couple dozen comic book covers that have 20, 30, 40 different characters on the cover in one scene. So you would probably, I don't know that you would want to perfectly one for one recreate the entire cover Mm -hmm. on your body. But you could pick and choose poses for characters and stuff from different covers and put them all on there. I can tweet it out if you guys would like to see. There's a video of it showing all of their or all of their uh, tattoos. I guess some you can see one has several Thanos, which I have lots of questions about. Like of all the <laughs> of all the characters, um, that one. Well, but he is inevitable. When you think about though, when you see them and they look like portraits, like realistic, you know, on the amount of um, talent it took. Whether, you, whether you're a fan of tattoos or not, doesn't matter. When you can take ink and put it onto flesh and it looks like a portrait, like that is talent. And that's also expensive. Oh, yeah. So now you're like, what kind of cash have you invested in? I mean, you could have gone and seen the movie a lot of times and you can't even see your back. Like once it gets there, who's going to see it? But um, teach his own. Hey, there are worse hobbies to have in the world than tattooing Marvel characters. But there you go, 34. So if you would like to beat that one, you need to make 35. And then I'm going to assume more to keep it. But then everybody gets their certificate for the, the specific date. So that will never be taken away from them in terms of, on this day, you held the Guinness World Record for number of Marvel tattoos. It feels like if you go for that record, now you're just joining a club. Correct. How long would it take you to get 35 at this point? Does that take you, like, does, I don't know how it depend on the is. size. If you're getting, say you're getting 15 of the 30 characters on an arm. Ah, uh, you're looking at several hours, maybe even a couple sessions to finish that arm. And you're only halfway there. 
Gotcha. Still. Especially with that much detail. You know, they're collectors of of all kinds. And so they're very detailed. Again, I just think of like the different sort of scenes. And then what if someone new plays the character? But I guess if you go with a comic book rendition, then that's sort of like the original. Yeah. What it looks like. And I guess Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Doesn't matter really who's underneath there. It's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. I guess in that way. Doctor Strange, though. Pointy ears or not. I don't know. This <laughs> Doctor Strange doesn't have pointy ears. He does in this tattoo. He, then he's... Is he not Doctor Strange? Troll Doctor Strange? I don't know. Or maybe Doctor Strange was never an elf, was he? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. Usually his go-to is he's got a big, funky cape with a nice big collar, and he's got silver in his hair. That's his generic look. I'm looking at pointy ears. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe it started off as a Mr. Spock, and he's like, you know what? what? There's not a record for Star Trek. Make him Dr. Strange. I was going to say, starting to, it was like Lord of the Rings, and we just put a cape on him. We'll go go in the other direction. I don't know. People will never cease to amaze me. But stick with us. We got more for you up next. You got the voice with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.